0: I knew what was going to happen, and the boys didn't know what was going to happen, and sure enough, out of the Braves dugout walks, lo and behold, Spencer Strider. Okay, we're excited to share a special episode today on the See the Miracle podcast.
1: Yes, this is one that we have been dreaming about and looking forward to. Yep.
0: So as many of you know, Cooper, our son, who we adopted from China, he's 11 years old, has been out pitching at Major League Stadiums doing the first pitch, the ceremonial first pitch. And we uh, had lightning strike, as we've shared in in a previous episode, on how we were able to do this at Wrigley Field. And then two weeks later, we got to do this at Fenway with the Red Sox. And our dream had always been to get to have Cooper throw out the first pitch at Truist for the Atlanta Braves. And so before we jump into that, I think it would make a lot of sense to share why in the world are we pushing and helping our son to be able to throw out this first pitch?
1: Yes. So Cooper is doing this to adv- as a way to advocate for children who need to find families. And so this is a really unique opportunity that he has to do this, Um, unique for several different reasons. The first being the audience that he's able to reach at at these stadiums as he goes in and is able to throw this pitch. They always share his story and they share a little bit about Cooper and his mission to be able to advocate for these children. So this is something that is amazing because he's able to reach so many people so quickly all at once in these huge stadiums. And it's been really cool seeing how Cooper has been able to connect with people as we have done this. Even um, prior to the major league teams, he went into this at a spring training game. And we even had experiences there that were really meaningful. And it's just, it's just so cool to see how this is working. So that is definitely probably the, the main priority. So
0: one thing that I would share on this is specifically there's 30 major league baseball teams out there and specifically coops trying to help 30 kids with down syndrome or other unique circumstances to be able to get adopted. And so that's the goal. That's the campaign is to have thirty first pitches and 30 children that get adopted.
1: Yes, which would be which would be so amazing. So we really want that to happen. And then another another reason why this is so unique and um, such a special thing to our family is because, as we've talked about many times on various podcasts, Brady is a huge baseball guy. And so by default, our whole family, like we all love baseball. And so this is so fun to be able to go to these places that we're passionate about and excited to see and as Brady has shared I think in prior episodes as well Brady and our boys are huge Braves fans like love the Braves the boys watch all the games know all the players like it's so funny to watch them because they don't really our boys don't really fight the only time that I have seen Mason and Ridge get in a fight was when they were trying to play um this game called the show where one of them gets to be the Braves team and the other it's one has base, to be a different a video <laughs>
0: game, a baseball game. It's
1: a, yeah, it's a baseball game. And one day, whoever was the Braves won on like a walk-off Homer. And it just, I don't know, it just like made them so angry, <laughs> but it's really <laughs> funny.
0: Yeah. I've never seen them fight <laughs> before. So a lot of times there's a question that's asked like, how in the world did all of this come about? And I would say, I think it's super Important to do a quick recap on how in the world is Cooper throwing out the first pitch in these games, and so it really started back in October when Libby Still, who is Justin Still's wife, uh, saw a post that we did on TikTok about a young man named Sebastian that is in South America. He's probably four years old. He's blind, and she saw this post and inquired about Sebastian, and just something tugged on her heartstrings when she saw this young man and we established we were able to establish a relationship with her and then Justin got involved and they said we'd love to help we'd love to do something to help Rod's heroes what about coming to spring training so we went to spring training we had a bunch of families there that were adoptive families of children with special needs and it was almost like a last minute kind of a on a whim, we had this idea that Coop loves baseball and he's actually a pretty good little baseball player. Do you think Coop could throw out the first pitch? Justin said, absolutely, let's make arrangements. And so we got with the Cubs and they made arrangements for Coop to throw out that first pitch. And he did amazing. Mm -hmm. So he did so well that he got the shot to come to Wrigley and throw out the first pitch at Wrigley on May 29th. And then I thought that was so much fun and there was so much good that came of it. Like from an awareness standpoint, and Coop did such a great job in sharing this message through through this pitch. That wonder if we could do this in another stadium, and it seemed like such a long shot. It truly was a long shot, but the company that I work for, um, Mass Mutual, is the title sponsor for the Boston Red Sox, and I thought, well, maybe there's an in there. And sure enough, I made a connection. They invited Coop out a couple of weeks later to pitch at Fenway. And again, he did an amazing, amazing job. Great, great press, great PR. We had a lot of people sharing it and people inquiring about adopting as a result. So we thought, okay, it was a miracle with Justin. We had a connection with the Boston Red Sox. Is it even possible to be able to do this in another stadium? And I thought, well, let's go for it. And I've learned over the years that when you allow yourself to get caught up in a cause bigger than yourself, you witness miracles. So what we did is we actually reached out to all of the local media here in Utah and shared about Cooper's story and multiple stations picked up on this story. One of those stations in particular was Fox. And I remember when we were preparing to do this story with Fox, something in my heart told me have Coop wear his Braves Jersey and be full Braves gear. And, And in this story, share how Cooper loves the Braves and how that's his favorite team. And let's just see what happens. So Coop did a great job. We did the story. That was a month or so ago. The story actually got picked up on the national stage for Fox and was starting to be shared in other markets. One of those markets was Atlanta. And sure enough, through nothing short of a miracle, we had a connection with the Braves take place. In fact... I should probably say yeah, exactly how, yeah, how that did. That. Mm-hmm. So when this story got shared, I have a friend on Facebook that saw this and he said, hey, I have a connection to an attorney back in Atlanta that he's a longtime Braves fan, longtime season ticket holder, very prominent individual in the community. I'm going to share this story with him. I said, please. And so this individual that he shared this with, his name is Matthew Howard and his wife's name is Suzanne. And so Matthew got this story, and he reached out to me and said, I don't know how we're going to do this, brother, but I feel like God wants um, Coop to come to Atlanta. I feel like this is his work, and I'm going to do my best to be able to share and and do what I can. So he started to research, and he has the ultimate connection, the church that he goes to. Um, His pastor, Pastor Rich, is close friends with the CEO of the Braves. And actually the CEO of the Braves attends the same church uh, that Pastor Rich is uh, the pastor for. And so it was through that, that this story got shared with the CEO of the Braves and then that got passed down. And sure enough, I got a phone call and we went to Atlanta. So that's how it happened. Yes.
1: So yeah, that was, that was super, super exciting, super exciting for our family and just exciting to see how those connections came to pass and. Um, the Howards were amazing. They hosted Brady and Cooper when they got down there, and you know gave them rides to where they needed to be for the interviews and everything. And
0: yeah, something I'd share with with the Howards is they were incredible hosts. They were the connection to make this happen. But we got to spend some time with them, and these are wonderful people. These are these are our friends, and we've got a lifelong friend from this this relationship and from this experience. And so, special special family that is a good example of somebody that, you know, just hears a message and doesn't know what's from Adam, but decides to lean into it and look at what happens as a result.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool to see that. Pretty, pretty sweet um, to see these things happening for Cooper and for the children that he's advocating for as well. I think it would be important to share the connection that was made with Kids Belong in Georgia. Absolutely.
0: So you know, this is this is one thing that, as Andrea shared, I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, and so you know, the thought on a from a personal standpoint of of Coop, my son, getting to visit all 30 major league baseball stadiums and throw out the first pitch like that's just that's a dream come true. Just as a father and a son type of experience, and us traveling to these ballparks, that in and of itself is very very special, but I know that this is so much bigger than the Murrays going to every major league stadium and, and having Coop throw out the first pitch. In fact, that's an afterthought. That is a very small piece of really what this work is. And so we feel like we are very much need to be stewards of these opportunities. And so in leading up to Atlanta, I thought we have to fully maximize this opportunity to tell this story And I felt strongly that in a perfect world, we would be advocating for children that are in that community, in that very community. And so through a connection and relationship that I have with America's Kids Belong, I found out that they have a chapter in Georgia called Georgia Kids Belong. In fact, they have an amazing state director named Rebecca that I was able to get introduced to. And so um, with Rebecca, I said, is there any way that we could have a child that we advocate for there in Georgia? And she said, "Um, well, it's a little bit of a long shot. As you know, working with state agencies, it doesn't happen overnight, but let's see what we can do. Um, As a point of reference for months now, for almost a half a year, we've been seeking and trying to advocate for children here in Utah that are in foster care and still have not had Success and being able to have approval from that. So it's not easy, not easy to do. But within 48 hours of Rebecca reaching out to the state of Georgia and saying, here's the situation. Is there any way we could advocate for a a child here in Georgia? Um, We got an approval which was just a miracle and a tender mercy in and of itself. And so together with Georgia Kids Belong, we were able to choose a child. His name is Tragan. Tragan has special needs and is in Georgia. He's about the age of Ridge. He's 12, I believe 12 years old. And uh, in fact, just a year older than Coop actually. And uh, we were able to advocate for Tragan and have the focus be on Tragen. And so we went to work in doing a press release, sending it to all of the news stations in Georgia. And we were fortunate to have the Fox 5 station in Atlanta as well as 11 Alive News, an ABC affiliate in Atlanta, uh, be able to pick up the stories.
1: Yes, and they did such a great job. Those were really good interviews, and we could probably tag them onto this podcast, but they had a great opportunity to just share the message and to share pictures of Tragan and to advocate for him. And then as well, when we went down there, um, and we're going to the events surrounding that weekend. We were able to attend two Braves games because they played Friday night and Saturday when Cooper threw out the pitch on Saturday and they had an alumni tournament. So there, it was just a really special weekend. And everywhere we went, we went to the alumni parade at the games, everywhere we went, we ran into people who were, who were interested in adoption. And we, yeah. we stood at, um, in the parade. We stood by this wonderful family that we started talking to and, they were, there, um, they were there with all their adult children and their grandchildren, and the grandma was so awesome, and she said, come talk to my daughter-in-law. She said, my my daughter-in-law and my son have never been able to have children. They've been trying for eight years, and, and they want to adopt, and we were able to connect with her and talk with her, and it was just really incredible three, three to different see instances, the, the miracles. Yeah, three so different at times. So the parade.
0: And then Mm -hmm. that night at the game, game. we were, we, you know, sat there the whole evening and, you know, you kind of get to know the people around you, but for the most part you stick to yourself. But by the end of the, the inning or the end of the game, like the eighth inning, the people sitting right behind us had adopted from From China China. Mm -hmm. and
1: they were, they were in Guangzhou, which was where a place that we travel with Cooper. And we were there in, um, we came home the first of April, and they were they came home in August from Guangzhou. So we just yep. missed each other by several months, but the same year, and it was kind of cool.
0: We'll also say that Rebecca, the state director for Georgia Kids Belong, also has adopted multiple children from China, oh, cool. and so we had that connection. And then the second night at the game, the people or the there was a group sitting right in front of us, and there was a man sitting literally right in front of me <laughs> that I got talking to. And he, you know, he, he saw Cooper and he saw the first pitch and he was asking us. And in fact, we kind of stopped paying attention to the game because he said, we, we can't have kids and we adopted our little girl and she's two. And it was such a trial and it was like a scary thing. And, and it was just a, a leap of faith for us. But he goes, it's just meant to be that we're talking because like I have felt, Like, we need to adopt again. And I've just been way scared to do it. But seeing you guys and seeing Coop, like, I know this is something that we need to do. And so we've been able to connect on um, Instagram. And we're going to see what we can do to be able to help him be able to adopt as well. But everywhere we went, there was a connection to adoption. Mm -hmm. Literally everywhere we went.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really, really neat. And it was awesome to be able to run into these people and to just be able to answer questions that they had. And I was a little surprised how how basic their questions about adoption were. And I'm always shocked to find out how um, how adoption is not as widely, I guess, known about like the process or how the different ways that you can adopt are not clear to people. And, um, you know, I, I, for us, it's a little different because we're, we've been through it. And so we're like, oh, we kind of know the way, you know, like there's different ways. And so to be able to share that with people is really exciting. And to just see the, the light that goes on in their eyes when they hear about, you know, that you can adopt from foster care, that it doesn't have to be a really expensive international adoption and just all the different ways, like sharing how, um, we've been able to adopt has been, has been really cool to see.
0: Well, I, I would say the worst or the the best kept secret that I wish wasn't a secret is the fact that there are thousands of children right now in foster care that need adoption. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the it's a misconception that the way people can adopt through foster care is that they have to foster and that they foster children for multiple years. And then maybe they get to adopt them, but most of the time they lose those children and these horrible stories of these You know, they become attached and they raise this child from its infancy and then they lose them. And yes, those those are stories that happen at times, but there are kids right now in foster care that are legally free that are on the waiting list that need to be adopted right now that are literally available to be adopted and that there's no cost associated with that and so i wish somehow we could get that message to the entire world cuz people don't realize that
1: yeah yeah people don't know and you know you do have to go through classes and become foster parents, right? You have to have the training and go through that whole process, but it, it, like Brady said, it's not um, a financial burden or cost because, you know, state funding pays for those classes and those opportunities for you to go and learn and prepare yourself so that you can become either foster parents or adoptive parents of foster children. So it's, yeah, it is kind of one of those, those things that is not clear to people. And so it's awesome to be able to share that and to advocate for all those kids that are just waiting for families.
0: Tragen's a perfect example of that. You know, this young man, he is, he's legally free like he's on the waiting list he Mm -hmm. needs a family Mm -hmm. and so
1: yeah and every state every state has a list like that of children who um it's already known that they're they are not going to be reunified with their children and so as brady he says they're legally free and what and what that means is that they um are no longer working towards reunification with family members they don't have immediate family members who are going to that adopt them they are waiting for someone to come forward and adopt them
0: yep all right. Should we talk about the big the big day?
1: Yes, let's talk about it. Yes, it was it was really exciting. I hopefully all of you saw on Instagram the post where Brady announced to the boys over the phone that we were going to Atlanta because that was really fun.
0: Yep, I did do a little reveal party to the boys that we were going to Atlanta, so they just went crazy. Coop and I went out early, as I had shared. We stayed with the Howards and was able to um, do the news stories, and then the boys and Brinley and Andrea came on Friday and you'd think that the kids hadn't seen each other in a month yes. with the, with, the, that's another good Yes. Yeah, so and Brady's dad post. flew down with us yep. and,
1: um, just so much anticipation as you can imagine. They were so excited and it was really cute because all the, the boys that I was with, Ridge Nash and Mason, they were like, I can't wait to see Cooper. I can't wait to get there. Yep. I can't wait to see dad. They were, they were really excited.
0: So we, we at the brave stadium, there's uh, it's a big, area called the battery and there's a lot of restaurants and just awesome area outside the stadium. So we spent most of the day at the battery and it it was hot, like super hot, hot, Georgia hot. hot, And humid, but it didn't matter to us because we were just happy to be there at the Braves Stadium. We wanted to be one of the first ones into the stadium. As Andrea shared, it was alumni weekend, so they had all of the past Braves greats there. All of the people that I grew up watching on TBS and rooting for were right there. It was super special. We got to go in, and um, they were doing a a softball home run derby that they had. There was Jeff Francoeur was one had one team and Andrew Jones had the other team so that was happening and the first pitch was actually going to take place right before the softball der- or the softball home run derby so Coop um, and I went down to the field and in every stadium it's different you just don't know exactly how it's going to work or what to expect and this was very unique because all of the past Braves greats were there at and around home plate and so Honestly, I was a kid in a candy store. <laughs> like these were all my childhood heroes watching them or the ones that I looked up to. And uh, leading up to this this first pitch, we had a great interaction with the Braves and with our social media team. We had multiple different meetings talking to the different Braves, um, multiple vice presidents, senior vice presidents, and their their media team and outlet in preparing for this experience. And I remember one morning thinking, what would it be like? How cool would it be if my all-time favorite baseball player and Braves, just my my childhood hero, Del Murphy, would catch Cooper. And I thought it's alumni weekend. Surely Del Murphy is gonna be there. And so I asked the Braves if that was a possibility. And they said, Let me get back to you. And a few days later they got back and they said, actually it's not, sorry, you know thanks, but no thanks type of a thing. I thought, hey, it was worth a shot. And so we're there the day of, and we're down there um, on the field. Coop's just as calm as ever, not nervous at all. I'm a nervous wreck. (laughs) I I don't know why I get so nervous on all these things or on these first pitches, but I get so nervous.
1: I think that that is a superpower that Cooper has, is that he just never gets nervous because, you know, he doesn't doesn't realize like how what's going on exactly he's He's just just happy happy to be be there There. he's so excited he loves it he loves baseball he loves being down there on the field he loves the attention from the crowd even like he all those things he just thrives on um, but it is cute to see how nervous Brady gets. <laughs> he gets so, so stressed and so nervous, and wants to make sure you know that Cooper's going to throw a good pitch. And I think this this one was a little different because before at Wrigley and at Fenway, he was able to go down on the field with Cooper. But he knew going into this at the Braves game that they were not going to. They had told him, you know, like you're not going to come on the field. Only Cooper will yeah, come they out said on you the can't, field.
0: You can't. Normally, I'll walk Coop out to the mound and like, okay, buddy, like wave to everybody. Throw it from here. And then I'll walk him up to the exact spot where we like him to throw, which is about halfway. And so halfway between pitcher's mound and home plate is where I have him set up. So on this one, um, it was, we're, you know, we have the Braves coordinator with us and she's like, okay, we're about two and a half minutes out. And so I'm, you know, deep breath, here we go. And again, just seeing all these Braves greats, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Jeff (laughs) Francoeur, like they're all right there. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see Del Murphy walk out of the dugout. And so like 10 feet from us, Del Murphy walks out. And I see that he has a glove. He has a baseball glove. And he's wearing a baseball glove. And I thought, no way. Like, could this actually be he's (laughs) going to catch Coop? And I look at the, the coordinator, the Braves coordinator, and I ask her, I said, is Del Murphy going to catch? And she just smiled and said, yep, he is. And (laughs) it sounds dumb, but like I immediately just became emotional. And not just because like, yeah, like I grew up watching this person and and he really is the reason why I love baseball so much and why I love the Braves so much. But it was much more than that, just thinking like, how good is God? and being able to take a little boy who was left on a street corner and uh, somehow, some way coordinating and orchestrating him to come into our family, and then this little boy to be able to ultimately sing the song he's meant to sing and do his life's work in helping other kids like him through the game of baseball. And here we are, you know, almost 40 years later that we're on the very field with the very person that caused me to love baseball so much and that there's just that symbiotic and special connection that happened there. And so it was a very emotional and very symbolic experience and truly a tender mercy that I had felt there. So Coop goes out on the field with Dale. Yes, so not with Dale, Brady. <laughs> Dale's the one that, that, that takes Coop out to the mound and coop's hamming it up and waving and crowds loving it all the braves (laughs) players are seeing it or loving it
1: one one thing that i think that we should mention as well is they have this awesome um big screen what's it called jumbotron Jumbotron. yeah they have this awesome jumbotron and they as cooper's heading out they put pictures of cooper up there and they were telling the story and it just really grabbed everyone's attention because it was kind of just the first thing that they put up there on the jumbotron and so so that was pretty cool and watching Cooper walk out there was really, really awesome. And just seeing him, him do it by himself was kind of special too, because he just seemed like so confident and grown up yeah. and he, he goes out there and instead well, of me, going, Oh,
0: I, I got to <laughs> tell this part. So okay. this, this was way stressful for me <laughs> because Coop goes out, goes to the mound, Dale walks to the home plate and, and then Coop kind of starts to walk a little bit closer to home plate. Cause he knows he needs to get a touch closer but he doesn't come anywhere near where I normally have him throw like he's just barely standing in front of the pitcher's mound now and Dale's behind home plate and so this is a long throw and we do not we (laughs) have not practiced these long throws so I'm filming on the sideline and I'm like yelling at Coop like Coop go closer like you've got to go closer Cooper and and he's not he's not hearing me and I see him you know he always likes to look in for the sign and I just thought oh no oh no and I just held my breath I'm like oh no oh no this is way too far and Coop winds up and throws literally a perfect strike his best pitch that he's done yet from like twice as far as where he three-fourths of the way out pitches from. and I just I couldn't believe it and you know everybody was so surprised seeing him pitch and watching him do that and you have to see the video of him and Dale and Blooper the mascot was behind Dale operating as the umpire and they both were just shocked and just high-fiving and celebrating well then uh Coop and Dale walk over to me and I got to meet my my childhood hero and uh he signed Cooper's ball for him, and uh, he put on there specifically, you know, Atlanta or Truist Park. That was the pitch number three um, for Coop, and so he put number three on there. He asked, what what park is this? And I said, number three, so he put number three, which I also thought was super symbolic because that's Dale Murphy's number is number three, but uh, yeah, it was a special, special moment for sure.
1: Yeah, it was really really awesome, really cool. And Brady, you know, was kind of down on the sidelines closer to the field and the rest of the children and I were kind of just like up on the side watching and um it was so fun seeing how how excited all the kids were for Cooper and they were just, you know, just going crazy and having like the best time watching him and and we we thought that was it. Like we were like, "Okay, that was it." And that was go back so amazing. We, we were said, all fired thank up. you
0: to, you know, the <laughs> Um, so the person from the Braves foundation, she's awesome as well. She gave us a little gift basket and, and a hat and some nice things. And, and we go and we sit back down at our seats and I was, I was still emotional and just taking it all in and just sitting there and man, like trying to catch my breath with what had just transpired and we were there maybe 10 minutes or so. And, and the Braves foundation coordinator came back mm-hmm. and
1: well, before she came back, we were looking through the bag of gifts yeah. that they gave Cooper and there was an autographed picture of Spencer Strider in there. Which and, we had just pulled and out. And we had just pulled it out and everybody was like, whoa, i no so, so, so excited.
0: That's our, our kids' favorite player on the Yeah, Raves. the kids, the kids they just love,
1: love Spencer Strider. Like Ridge the night before Spencer Strider had been pitching. And so Ridge had wore his Spencer Strider mustache, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, the The kids just like really look up to and admire Spencer Strider. So we
0: were just dying, like we got Spencer Strider's autograph. This is amazing! And right about that time, um, the the coordinator for the Braves Foundation came back, and she said she grabbed me and pulled me aside, and she said, "I've actually got one more thing that I want to that I want to give to you guys and do, but I need you guys to all come with me." And I said, "All of us?" And she goes, "Yep, your whole family. Everybody, follow me." <laughs> And then she whispered to me and she said, Spencer Strider's down there waiting and he wants to meet you guys. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And so I didn't tell the boys. And I just, hey guys, come on. We got one more thing we got to go to. And so we walked back down. We walked literally right to the Braves dugout and we're sitting there. And I knew what was going to happen. And the boys didn't know what was going to happen. And sure enough, out of the Braves dugout walks lo and behold, Spencer Strider. Yes, And he's like, Hey Cooper, how are you Cooper? And the boys, like their faces were so just like shocked. They were
1: shocked. <laughs> they could not believe
0: it. They didn't know what to do. They were just dying. And so he brought out, um, actually he brought out a bunch of his gear, like some arm sleeves and different things like that are his, like they've got his number on them, custom stuff that I'm sure he just pulled out of his locker and thought, Hey, they might like some of this stuff. And he was so kind and he had signed a ball to Cooper and and like specifically to Cooper. And then we got to go out on the field and, and be able to get, uh, Coop got a picture with Spencer Strider. And then, um, the whole family got to get a picture with him and visit for just a minute. Mm -hmm. And he he
1: shook hands with everyone and it was really awesome.
0: So special. So we were all just on cloud nine and when when he went back in, we just like impromptu came together as a family and just like hugged it was this big hug and and just like just embracing one another. And I'll never forget. I look at Ridge and Ridge is just crying like he's got these big alligator tears Um, rolling down his face and his cheeks because he was so excited that he got to see and meet Spencer Strider. So it was a cool moment.
1: it It was pretty cool. It was pretty, pretty surreal and pretty fun. And I would love to know how that all came to pass because as as we were waiting for Cooper to throw out the pitch, when um, one of the Braves coordinators, the one that took us down on the field, she was she was sitting by Brindley and I and the other two boys, and we were talking, and um, and Brinley just really clicked with her; they just hit it off, and. And she asked Brinley, you know, like, well, if you could meet any of the players, you know, who would you want to meet? And Brindley said Spencer Strider. And so, that was perfect. so I just I would love to know how how that all happened. But but yeah, it was really cool. And it was awesome. It was it was a fun, fun experience that we were able to have together as a family.
0: Well, and there's there's just some special connections with the Strider family, with Spencer and Maggie. Um Georgia Kids Belong who have quickly become a very close partner and somebody we feel just so thankful for for that relationship actually had met with the Striders a few weeks before and the Striders have really expressed a desire to engage in helping foster care foster children and and just orphan children as a whole and so it was meant to be it's just all meant to be and I'm excited to see where it goes in the future there
1: yeah it was amazing was awesome. And then
0: during the game, uh, the Braves social media did uh, a post about Cooper that uh, just blew up, went viral for us and, and brought so much attention to Tragan and so much attention to the organization and the mission of what Cooper's doing and why he's doing it. We've had great people reach out. We've had donations that have come in as a result. We've had people inquire about Tragan. As a result of the media coverage that is transpiring, and so it's pretty special. And just how do you put into words what what we feel for the Braves and how thankful we are?
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing amazing to see the ripple effect of all this. And I think you know there's probably a lot more that we don't even know of. So hundred percent, pretty awesome to be able to get to be part of that and experience that.
0: Yep. And so that week as well, we got another special phone call from. Uh, uh, Coordinator with the Mets, and they asked if Coop would come out to New York and throw out the first pitch for the Mets. And so we said, Absolutely, we are so excited <laughs> for this. I've already bought uh, Coop a Mets hat, which is semi controversial being a Braves fan, right? Yes, but when uh, it
1: showed up in the mail, the boys opened it and they were like, Actually, Mason walked in and saw it in Brady's closet <laughs> and was like, What is this? this? Why does dad have a Mets hat in here? He, he was all upset about it.
0: Yep. He called me and he said, we got a big problem, dad. We got an emergency. I said, what? And he goes, there's a Mets hat in your closet. And I said, buddy, on September 16th, we're going to be the biggest Mets fans that are out there. He said, All right. And so, yeah, on September 16th, we're heading to New York and Coop's going to throw out the first pitch there. And we're just Incredibly grateful for these opportunities. We want to be a wonderful steward of these opportunities, continue to help these kids get a family.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting work and something that like just is mind-blowing to us because who would have ever guessed? And it is really cool, like Brady mentioned earlier, to see how this passion for baseball has come together with this passion for helping children who need families and what a special thing for us to be able to be able to be part of that and participate in, in those things that we're so passionate about. And so, yeah, it's just a special experience and opportunity that we have to um, be doing this work in such a unique way.
0: Yeah. So going forward, you know, as, as I game plan and map this out, I think that the Mets will most likely be the last first pitch that we do this year Um, We will be coordinating with all of the clubs and many clubs as we can. Um, We've found out that they schedule the first pitches typically in November and December for the following season, which is great news to me. Because if we had six, seven months lead time on knowing when Coop is going to be in a particular city, there's a lot of work that we'll be able to do to help advocate for children specifically in that city and coordinate with the likes of similar to like a Georgia kids belong in the di- different cities that we'll be coordinating. So keep an eye out. Um, if you haven't followed uh, Cooper's Instagram page, I'd encourage you to do so. His Instagram and TikTok it's uh, Team Coop Twenty One. He's got some great content on there. He. He really is a fun kid to be around, but I encourage you to follow that. And then obviously we'll be updating the rods.org website with all the locations that he'll be visiting and any other updates that we have. But I just would close with that comment and that final thought that I've shared on this podcast before that I know without a doubt that when you allow yourself to get caught up in a cause bigger than yourself, you will witness miracles. And we're witnessing a very special miracle right now with Coop being able to sing the song he's meant to sing.
1: For sure, yep. And we sure appreciate your support. Thank you for listening today.